are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, the place of distress, or the place of stress, or distress, whichever you would like. And I, I don't think there's a person here that would ought to be interested in this subject. And here's a great passage of Scripture that deals with it in the Bible. In the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus, and I want to spend just a few minutes in this passage with you this morning on the place of distress in your life. Let me ask you first of all, and I look behind on this, how many of you have been through a place of distress already in your lifetime? Let's see your hand. That's why I think the Lord uh, is in this um, message and in this scripture, because there's not one person here of any uh, uh, amount of years who has not been in a place of great distress. Let's notice the reading of the Word of God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and count before Pahath between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon. Before it you shall count by the sea. And I'm going to point out some expressions I want to you to be conscious of. Notice God said, I want you to count by the sea. The Lord led them by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they're entangled in the land, the wilderness has set them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. The heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we've let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots. Now I want you to think about what this is saying. Children of Israel have been delivered by blood out of the bondage of Egypt where they'd been over four hundred years. And by the blood of the Lamb, they'd been delivered from the bondage of Egypt and set on their way toward the land of Canaan, which they'll not reach for forty years. God led them to the sea. And Pharaoh is hemming them in. He made ready his chariot, took the people with him, took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea. 
beside Pehahiroth and before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Now, I want you, will, you, will you please think about what's happening and, and really give your mind and heart to this? You see the, the Red Sea, mountains on either side, and the thundering chariots and the whole Egyptian army behind them, they're trapped in. They're hemmed in. And Moses is praying. And God says to him, Wherefore criest thou unto me? God said, What are you praying for? Now there's an answer to it. He said, Why criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. And I've, I've underscored a few things as kind of a basis for what I'm going to speak to you about this morning. In verse 13, you read this wonderful word, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Notice verse 14. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Notice verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Why criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Now, I could search through the Bible, and I never find a group of people in greater, at a greater point of stress and distress than we find the chosen people of God who had just been delivered by blood, the blood of the perfect Lamb, out of the bondage of Egypt. And I could not help but think when I was thinking, praying about this passage of Scripture, that the very moment you come under blood, and I'm talking about the blood of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The very moment you come under the blood, as all Christians believing people have, that very moment Satan makes you a special object of his attack. And that's true here. These people had come under the blood, and now they come under the attack of Satan. I sometimes worry 
a great deal about new converts. Because sometimes a new convert has some great surprises that come to them. They're wonderfully saved, their sins are forgiven, they're extremely happy. But immediately Satan sets in on them. That's true. That's the way it is. That's the way it happened in the Bible. When you come under the blood, you can expect to come under the attack of the devil. And these people were in a great strait. They were in one of the most um, terrible predicaments, terrible predicaments, that the people of God could ever imagine. They've been delivered by bondage, and they should have been singing a song, redemption song. But the Lord told them, go a certain way and encamp by the sea. God put them before the Red Sea, and God knew aforetime that Pharaoh and all of his armies would come behind them. So there's the Red Sea in front, the armies of Egypt behind them. There are mountains on either side, and they are enclosed, and they stand in a great predicament and time of great stress. Now let me read you a verse before I just bring you a very few minutes message. Let me read you a verse what God in his word in another place says about this situation. And I'm talking about the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, don't look at it now, please. Let me read it to you, but in the book of Psalms, chapter 66, the psalmist makes a comment on this great period of distress and stress that the children of Israel were in. And this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 66, verses 5 and 6. He says, come and see the works of God. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. And now listen to this. Then there did we rejoice in him. That just fills my soul. Here's a recount. Here's a story in capsule in the book of Psalms. And it says God parted the sea, and we went over on dry land, and there did we rejoice in him. Now, you see, what God is saying is that he can turn the place of distress into a place for pleasing the Lord. Now, the route was clearly worked out and made before God ever led the children of Israel. He knew exactly where they were going. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. God clearly marked out the route, and God told them, I want you to go the way that will lead you against the Red Sea, and Pharaoh will be coming behind you. I'm deliberately leading you into this place. You say, that's a strange thing for God to do. Well, God's working with a strange bunch of people. And sometimes God does strange things in order to perfect in us his perfect will and lead us to the place where we can say, there did we rejoice in him. Now, the Lord 
came, let them come to a place where it looked like the only way out. Listen to me because some of you have thought along this line. God led them, and so have I, God led them to a place where it looked like the only way out is the way back. Now the only way we can get out, no doubt it looked to them, is to go back. We can go forward, humanly speaking, they said, the Red Sea is in front of us. We cannot uh, scale these terrific, huge mountains on either side. There's only one day on one way. And I'm humanly speaking now, only one way, and that's to go back. And God sometimes allows his people to get in a place of distress, brothers and on every side, and humanly speaking, that, that Christian says, there's only one way out, and that's to go back. But God never walks backwards. And God always goes forward. And so the Lord said to them, go forward. The only way out is always up. And it's never back. But it's always up. The solution to a place of distress is never horizontally solved. It's always solved in a perpendicular manner because our help cometh from the hills of Zion where reigns the sovereign omnipotent God. Now I want you to notice two or three things. This, this advice, or this, this uh, leadership, this direction, go camp of the sea, where this great place of distress is going to happen. This was after something wonderful had already happened. Well, it was delivered by blood. That was wonderful. But God always takes care of his own. And let me say to you, before I forget it, distress can do Nearly anything in the world to you. And doctors of medicine will tell you stress and distress will run your blood pressure up. Distress will affect every part of your physical and your spiritual being. Stress will give a man a heart attack. Stress will kill you. Stress will upset your whole digestive system which, if it does not operate normally, you cannot be a well person. Stress can upset your life emotionally, so you'll give up all hope for ever being happy or used of God. And God, in His Word, tells us He had done something wonderful even after He delivered these people by blood out of the of Egypt. And this is the wonderful thing that the Lord did. I read in Exodus chapter 13 and verses 21 22. And the Lord went before them. Now listen, this is before the place of distress. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way and the night in the pillar of fire to give them light. And to go by day and night, he took not away the pillar of cloud by day now the pillar of fire and honey come before the people. And here's what I'm saying to you. When they were in that place of distress, 
according to this, uh, this holy, wonderful book of God. There was a pillar of cloud by day which hovered over them, and the pillar of fire by night. God had already given it. And it would seem to me that a person, though he's human, if he can look up and see the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, he would know God is in this place of distress. They did not know that. They didn't remember that God said, I will guide you. And like the psalmist said, God said, I will guide thee with my eye. And I feel like that. Now I can see with these glasses about as well as anybody. I can see, I can see a lot more than I want to see. Sometimes I think I'd like to have some blinders like we used to put on the horses. Because a lot of things I don't want to see. And a lot of things I don't want to hear. But God said, I'll guide you with nine eyes. That's wonderful to me. I don't have to do the seeing. God does the seeing in the direction of your life and mine. It's like a man one night on the streets of London. He just said many years ago that the, the fog was so thick you could slice it with an oath. And the man was lost and groping through the darkness and the foggy night in London and bumped into another individual. And um, he apologized. And the one into whom he had uh, bumped himself said to him, You don't need to apologize. I know the fog is thick and the night is dark, and men lose their way in predicaments like this. He said, Where are you going? And the man who stumbled through the dark and bumped into this person told him where he was going. He said, I will take you there. It's no problem. So he took him by the hand led him through the darkness of the fog. And he said, here is where you want to go, and now you've reached it safely. And the man said to him, the one who had guided him said to the guide, how did you know the way so clearly? And how could you lead me when I could not even see? And the man said, well, you see, sir, I'm blind. And I've been this way over and over again. And I must always walk this way in the dark. And I've made the trip so many times that I don't need eyes to make it. And now I thank God this morning, the one who directs my life is not blind, but can see and he's been this way many times before. And so when these people were led to this place of stress, they had already had a great thing happened to them. God said, I'll give you constant guidance. And for 40 years, 40 years, 40 years, the cloud never disappeared by night. The fire and the cloud never disappeared by day. God led them, and God knows the way. Now, it leads me to another thing. You know, God knew what the outcome would be. Now, the Lord knew all this, isn't this strange? You know, we, God loves us. Oh, my. When I think about how much God loves us, I think about how God loves me, and how God wants to be good to me, and how the Bible says no good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. 
And then I start contemplating the fact that God knew the outcome of this. The Lord even told him, said, um, Pharaoh will say, now when you get here to this Red Sea, you can't go any further, and you're surrounded by mountains, and the Egyptian army is thundering along, coming to just push you in the sea and kill you. When you get there, this is what's going to happen. Old Pharaoh said, and will say, I've got him hemmed in now. And God said, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, not soften it. And um, I must make this remark. Sometimes men harden their hearts against God so long until God says, All right, if you want it that way, I'll help you make it that way. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh would attempt to kill every single one of the children of God. God knew all that was going to happen. You say, well, that's strange. Now, God knew all this was going to happen, and um, God just, um, did, just went ahead and let it happen. Well, it's strange, but if you hold on a minute, see how it all turned out. And let me say this to you. You know, a lot of folks think, now I know Jesus talked about the straight and narrow way. And the Bible talked about the straight path. But you know, the will of God never runs in straight lines. Now, if I had the time this morning, I could take the Bible and show you some instances where there are detours on your life's road. Even when God is directing you, there are detours. Now, I hate to see his detour sign. I'm just thumping along on my way, going somewhere, and all of a sudden look up and say, here's a detour, turn off the nice big expressway, and you go away around and down, and, and you lose time. But what you don't know is that there's a bridge out down there, or there's something down there. There's a reason for detours. And I'm talking to some people this morning that are on detour road. Your life and the will of God does not always run in a straight line. Sometimes, walking with God, you see the sign, detour. And there are detours on God's road, and there's always a reason for them. And, you know, God never lets anybody get in the predicament he can't get them out. Somebody says to me, well, you know, I'm going to the hospital. God can get you out of the hospital. Somebody says, I'm going to a valley. And who in this room has not gone through the valley? God knows you're going to go through the valley. And sometimes God will detour you around and you'll stand at an open grave. And you'll see someone, Lord, within that you love and feel you could not go on without. The detours on God's road and God's direction for you. But the Lord never lets you get into any predicament that he can't get you out of. And so, uh, God knew what the outcome would be. Now, I want you to watch something here. God deliberately placed these people in this place of distress. He deliberately placed them there. You say, do you think God... Sometimes deliberately just puts it in a place of stress and distress. He sure does. He sure does. And you can find it all through the Bible. And I'll tell you why. God always puts us in places of distress according to our need. 
You know, sometimes you and I need something spiritual done in our life. The only way God can get us to that spiritual place is to put us in the place of distress. But the Bible says he'll not give you more than you can bear, and that there's no temptation or trial, but what he will he'll give you a way of escape. So remember, if you're in distress, there's a way out. I said to a preacher not that long ago, how are you doing, my brother? And he said, praise God, anyhow. And I didn't dare ask him what anyhow meant. But God, God places us in places of stress. Uh, let me remind you of something. Oh, Elijah always moved at the Word of God. You read the story of Elijah in the Bible, and every time he moved when God said, and you always read with one exception, you'll always read with one exception, the word of the Lord came unto Elijah saying, and so and so Elijah did it, one exception, and that's when that old hussy sent him word, that godless Jezebel, that harlot, that wicked woman, sent him a message and said, I'll have your head by tomorrow at this time. Give me 24 more hours and I'm going to get your head, preacher. And Elijah, the Bible doesn't say, and Elijah went according to the word of the Lord. It just says Elijah went in the wilderness, sat down under a juniper tree, and had a nervous breakdown. That's what he had. He said, I just might as well die right here. What put him on there? A woman said, I'm going to get your head, a godless, wicked, little harlot of a woman. said, I'll have your head by this time. But how did it turn out? Did she get his head? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know anything? What happened to Elijah? Went up. One day the Lord said to Elijah, you're not even going to have to die. And took him home. He went without dying. That's the way I want to go. And you people are always talking about you homesick for heaven. You go whatever way you want to. But if the Lord let me, I want to go that way. And if, if the Lord dares is coming and he decides to take me that other way, I'm going to give God a 113-point sermon outline on why he ought to wait a while. And God's going to hear the greatest argument that the almighty, eternal, perfect God's ever heard. <laughs> I'd like to go like Elijah. How did Jezebel go? You remember? One day, old Jehu, I believe it was, came riding into town, and he said, Who's on the Lord's side? A couple fellows lift out their head up there, out the window. Old Jezebel was up there. And he said, Throw down! These fellows said, all right, that's what you want. Throw down. And the dogs came and ate up her meat. And I think every one of them died instantly. Poison. Food poisoning. Elijah said, oh, that woman's going to get my head. And he ran and fell on the juniper tree and had a nervous breakdown. But the way it turned out, this is the way God always makes it turn out. He went up and she was thrown down. That's the way God always does it. I think of David, and I've preached about David. Uh, David, 
in First Samuel chapter 29 said, I think verse 3, I believe it is, or maybe it's 27. I know it's in Samuel. I'm positive it's in the Bible. Uh, David said, I'll die one day by the hand of Saul. That's what David said. He said, I'm going to die one day. Saul's going to kill me one day. And he'd been anointed to God to be king and never been king yet. And he said, Saul is going to kill me. Like God didn't know what he's doing when he anointed him to be king. Let's see how that turned out. Saul was killed by an Amalekite. Slain by the Philistines and finished off by an Amalekite. And what happened to David? Saul went down. And David went up to sit on the phone. That's the way God does it. I think of other times in the Bible. Well, these Egyptians said, weren't there any graves in Egypt? They were Baptists. This was, this was the first Baptist church. This bunch of people here. Say, how do you know? Well, they complain so much. That's why. That's all the reason. How? They said, weren't there any graves in Egypt? You could have buried us in Egypt. You brought us out here to die. Now, how did that turn out? He didn't die. He went across from dry land. Now, I can just see these two big walls of water. God backed him up. An old fish would stick his head out and see this crowd coming through there. A couple of million of them. And he'd say to a, another fishy buddy, You know, I never saw anything like this in my life. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. There are people walking right, right on dry ground, right through, the, right through the Red Sea. That's how it turned out for them. How did it turn out for the bunch that they were speaking of when they said, they're going to kill us and we'll all be buried? How did it turn out for them? They come thundering through with the church, the children of Israel, already on the other side. And the cloud that God put, and the pillar of fire, God put it between them and the Egyptian army. No fish stuck his head out again and said, This bunch looks different. So I think it's time to put a stop to this. Let's close in on them. The biggest bunch of fish you ever saw fell on the Egyptian army. And the waters closed in and drowned every one of them. That's the way that turned out. And you know, no Christian should ever say, Well, I'm in a place nobody in the world will get me out of. Now I'm going to close. Here's what the Lord said in verse 15. He says, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? said that unto Moses. You know why God said that? Moses said to the people, Now stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He showed a lot of faith. But he was human, so he started crying out to God. God said, what are you praying for? You don't, you don't even need to do all this crying. See that pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that followed it. We're going. And he said these words, go forward. Go forward. In verse 15. And that's what God wants everyone in this church to do is go forward. I'm going to spiritually go forward. Napoleon's drummer boy was asked one day when the battle was going against Napoleon, can you beat a retreat? He said, no. I've never learned to beat a retreat. I need a forward march. They'll make dead men get up and march. And Napoleon said, beat it. And he beat it. And the army were encouraged. And they won. Go on. 
It's when I'm tempted to quit that Satan's whispering to me. It's when you're tempted to give up to a situation that Satan's talking to you. They say that in Columbus's diary, there are two words entered many, many times. Two words. After days and days of sailing, his crew kept saying, We're not going to ever find land. And he made an entry at the end of that day in his diary. Two words, sailed on. Sailed on. Go forward. Don't ever quit. When you don't feel like it, go on. I get so, started to say sick, but I wouldn't say that. I don't want to say it that way. Nauseated. When folks say, well, I just don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like singing in the choir. I don't feel like driving the bus. I don't feel like going to church. Go to hell! When you don't feel like it, go on! When you're discouraged, go on! When your face is small, when your job is big, go on! God said, go on. When people misunderstand you, go on! Don't ever go back. God's way is never back. When it's hard to reach people, go on! When your message is not wanted, go on! Don't ever turn back. When funds are low and debts are high, go on! When churches need to be built, go on! When there are souls to win and people's lives will be changing, go on! Missionaries' doors are open around the world, go on! When children need examples, go on! When God needs servants, go on! When the hardest needs workers, go on! God said it, go forward. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.